1: Welcome to another episode of the One Fab Day wedding podcast. In our last episode, we tried to answer the question, why are weddings so expensive? And we had the amazing Tara Faye of Xena Productions giving us some brilliant tips. If you didn't hear that one, go and seek it out. And if you're newly engaged, go right back to the beginning because we have lots of helpful tips that we've already covered on the show. Uh, You can have a look on onefabday.com to find all the shows on there, or you can subscribe and seek them out wherever you get your podcasts. Now today's show we're doing something a little bit different. Claire? Uh, We're talking about something that I think we've
2: all encountered which is when you're not mad about the person that your friend is marrying. This
1: is such a difficult one so we recruited Lea Rose Emery who is a writer who wrote a Cosmopolitan article about this exact topic to help us like figure out this minefield so we'll be chatting to her a bit later on. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. As per usual, at the beginning of each episode, we dish out
2: one single golden nugget of wedding planning advice to help you along the way. Selena, you've dug deep in your treasure trove of ideas this week. And what is your tip?
1: Way to keep going with the nugget <laughs> analogy there, Claire. I love it. Um, so my tip this week is if you think a vendor is out of your price range, set a budget and ask anyway so the reason why I say this is because I hear this from vendors a lot where they feel like they're maybe missing out on business because someone thinks that they're in another level of unachievable high-end luxury weddings when actually maybe they do a broad mix so that's why I think it's always worth shooting them a mail saying listen I'm not sure if this is of interest I have a budget of about 500 euro to spend on flowers I just wanted to have a feel out, see what your availability is, and if you'd be interested in giving me a quote based on this. The worst that can happen is that they come back and say, Oh, listen, I'm not available or I'm not able to work with that budget. But I do think it's worth giving it a go because one time out of 10, they'll probably come back to you and say, Well, actually, I have a half day free that day. It would be really handy for me to add a little bit extra to my workload that day and here's what I can give you. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the top vendors have almost
2: overwhelmingly beautiful websites or gorgeous portfolios and it can be a bit intimidating but often the best suppliers are a little bit more affordable than you think.
1: The One Fab Date Wedding Podcast.
2: If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know that we like to hash out a lot of different dilemmas here. Normally they're between couples getting married, but this time it's a friendship dilemma. Our topic today is what to do if your friend is marrying the wrong person.
1: This is the kind of situation that no one ever... Wants to find themselves in, right? Absolutely not.
2: And to help us get to grips with the topic, we have Leah Rose Emery, who is a writer and host of the Money, Sex, Power podcast. Uh, Leah wrote a piece on Cosmopolitan called Five Things to Consider if Your Friend is Marrying the Wrong Person. We're joined with Leah on the line now. So, Leah, what inspired you to write the article?
0: Well, I think one of the reasons I was inspired to write the article is I feel like it's the kind of thing that a lot of people talk about behind their friends' backs. when you reach a certain age and people start to get married and maybe some surprisingly people start to get married relationships that you didn't think were that serious suddenly you're seeing engagement photos Um, and there's a lot of kind of like hushed whispers about whether or not it's the right choice and I kind of got a bit fed up with it and was like well if you think this do you owe it to your friend to say something rather than just talking about it behind their back
2: and how do you differentiate between just not really liking your pal's boyfriend to thinking that there's a genuine issue there
0: I mean, you have to be really honest with yourself because if you've taken against someone, then that's that is not your friend's partner's fault. It's not your friend's fault. And there's a huge difference between you and that person just not getting along, which is fine. You don't have to be best friends with your friend's you know, soon-to-be spouse um, and thinking it's a wrong relationship. But if you see that your friend is, Unhappy If you see that things have moved very quickly, if you see that maybe they've rebounded, um, they don't seem like themselves, or if it's come out of the blue in a way that maybe feels timed with them hitting a certain age or all their friends getting engaged, then I think you can start to wonder if this is actually the right move for them.
2: Obviously, there's also more sinister things that could be at play if if someone is controlling or abusive in a relationship. What are the warning signs of that? Well, that's really interesting. And that's a really difficult thing because
0: um, a lot of times if someone has gotten into a controlling relationship or coercive relationship, that starts out very, very gradually. So you almost don't even see it happening. Um, at the beginning. But often, if you find that your friend is not just withdrawn from you, you know, that might be a personal thing between the two of you. But if you find that they've become withdrawn from other friends, other family members, and you hear that, you know, if if they used to be really close to, say, their mom and dad, and now they're never seeing them as much or they're never available, that's often a sign that something has gone a bit awry, especially if you get the sense that if their partner shows up when they're uninvited if you never have a girl's night or a friend's night anymore without the partner present that can normally be a hint that something's a little bit off.
1: And Leah you might disagree with me on this one but my take on this is always unless you're pretty confident that your friend is at risk of being emotionally or physically abused shut your lid. <laughs> how, yeah, I mean, how, where do you stand I, on that one? Well I mean I think
0: um, I, I think the abusive thing is a much bigger issue, right? Because the risk of saying something versus not saying something becomes very different. If you think that this is the wrong person and that you're worried that they're going to move into the suburbs and you'll never see them again, the risk to them is minimal if that's what they want. If you think that there is an abusive relationship, I do think, you know, if, if you're worried about something more significant, then the first step, I think, is maybe to feel it out with other friends or if you know their family, if you think something is really wrong. And if they say, you know, you're you're absolutely insane, you are just you know, you're just being a bit overprotective of your friend and this is really unfair, then shut your lid because you might not know what you're talking about. But if they do seem withdrawn, if there's a personality change, if they don't seem as control in their own life, you know, it never hurts to start if you start to feel things out gently with other people and they encourage you and think something's wrong, you can say to your friend, you know, just saying, Look, you don't seem like yourself, is everything okay? And seeing what they give you back can be a very good way to open up the door. You don't have to be like, I think they're abusive and terrible. You you can you can open the door and see what comes back.
1: Yeah, you can play it cool.
2: And as you say in your feature, when in doubt, do nothing. Um, would that be your your best nugget of advice for people who who aren't really sure or on the fence? Yeah, I I think if you're on the
0: fence, you know, if you're on the fence and if other people don't think. It, you know, you don't you don't want to be that person who said, I think you're marrying the wrong person and then your friend never speaks to you again. And actually, if they're going through a rough patch um, in their relationship or even if they end up being with someone who is wrong for them or they get divorced down the line, unless you're really sure that either you can make a difference or that, you know, you owe it to them to say something, all you're going to do is push them further away. So Um, you have to look at it and say, is the consequence so big that I'm willing to kind of isolate myself from this friend?
2: And what do you do if if it's your friend that approaches you and asks you what do you think of my partner?
0: I think if your friend's open, you know, if if your friend is asking for it, I don't. That doesn't mean you need to say like, well, I think that they're terrible, and also they wear bad shoes, and (laughs) you know, they're they're not good looking enough for you. But if someone says, "I, I always find that it's the easiest way to have those conversations is to talk about what you've noticed about your friend, rather than commenting on the partner themselves, because that can make your friend offensive. So if you say, look, you've seen more stress than normal since you've been with them. I don't know if you're feeling, if that's a work-related thing or if it's the relationship, but I've noticed you fill off or, you know, maybe you don't seem like yourself. You've stopped going to the classes that you like or you haven't spent as much time with us. And, you know, you can kind of reframe it like that and say, I don't know if this is the relationship, but if it is, have you thought about that?
1: And I think a lot of friends in this situation kind of feel like when they confront their pal, their pal will have this eureka moment and go, of course, you're completely right. I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. I never, (laughs) never noticed it before, but he's awful, Um, which is probably not how it ever uh, turns out. What kind of (laughs) advice (laughs) advice would you give to someone in terms of when and how they should bring up this topic with their pal?
0: Well, that's really interesting. So I, I actually had a group of friends who um, thought that they were talked out of it, but they thought the night before the wedding was the right time to send <gasps> no! announce what they about. they yes, um, oh talked out of it by um, a very <laughs> wise and logical groomsman who said, you don't get to do this now. <laughs> um, so don't do that. I, I think you know, if you've noticed that they've rushed into a relationship or if they've gotten engaged really quickly, I wouldn't if you know, if they say I'm engaged, you shouldn't be like, why would you do that? <laughs> um, but once the dust settles a little bit uh, and there's a good amount of time between, you know, the big announcement and the actual wedding and you feel like you've got some time on either side, maybe just try to have a check in with them and say, you know, do you think this is OK? But sometimes with bad relationships. People rush them so quickly, almost to prevent you from saying something. You don't meet the new partner until they've been going out and now it's official and then they've moved in together in two months and it's all sort of a whirlwind. And that's not your fault. You just have to accept that your friend is saying, I'm not, I actually am not going to accept any input on this.
1: And of course, wedding planning is such a good distraction in that scenario that you can see why you'd be trying to talk to your friend about this and they might be like, but flower arrangements. (laughs) And it can be difficult to try and, you know, pull them out of that moment when there's so much planning to be done. Exactly.
0: Some of the worst relationships, you'll see people jump from life event to life event very quickly. So it almost creates this white noise to the actual relationship. And as a friend, it's, it's very difficult to somehow, you know, pause that and, and get through to them because they're always saying, oh, well, we've just moved in together. It's just because we're stressed about moving in together. We're just stressed about wedding planning. Don't worry, we've got other fish to fry. And actually, they're moving so fast that so they don't have to stop and look at the relationship. But you know what? That's that's on them.
1: And what if you decide you take everything into account and you decide not to say anything? How then can you be supportive of your pal what what if you do decide I'm going to leave it up to her she knows what she's doing she's obviously making the right choice I don't know everything about this relationship how can you still be a good friend when you're secretly thinking well he has bad shoes and he's a jerk
0: <laughs> I know it's it's so hard isn't it and this is something I think you know I've changed my mind about as I got a bit older I think sure. when you're when you're 18 you think you need to put your foot into every single thing and that it, you know that being a good friend means tough love all the time and it does mean tough love but it also means sometimes accepting that this is the situation. I think all you can do is be there, you know, you can be there for them. You can give honesty when they ask for it. You can point out things that you think are wrong without actually, you know, making it be a stunning indictment of their relationship. And if you see that they do get married and if the relationship continues to go downhill or you think your friend is suffering or not okay, You know, you keep reaching out and put those feelers out there just so they know they have someone if the relationship does break down, if they do realise it's the wrong thing, that they're not alone. So you can be there just as an option and an out, even with there can be a tacit understanding of that, I think, sometimes without saying, I'm going to be here when you dump them.
2: I think um, it's important as well for people to realise the consequences if they do say something that that might mean (coughs) an end, whether it's permanently or temporarily on the friendship.
0: Oh, yeah, it can be really destructive. And that's why I think you... You know, you have to look at the situation as a whole and say, do I think that they're so at risk of making a mistake so big, you know, either because they're doing something that seems completely insane or you're worried that there might be abuse or there might be something else. Is it so big that I am willing to put myself out there and say, even if that means losing the friendship, like, am I going to be able to deal with that and know that I've done the right thing because the risk was so huge rather than I just don't like the fact that, you know, he goes and plays football every weekend and leaves you on your own. Um, you know, it's not that's not worth destroying a friendship over.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I do actually know of, of a case of this where the groomsmen got together and said to the groom, the week of the wedding, we don't think she's right for you.
1: And how did that pan out? Um, well, I
2: assume <laughs> Well, the best man got demoted, um someone else oh got God. brought in. And they were still all at the wedding, but um I don't know why he went and told his bride that they had all said that, but um, yeah, the the friendship's not the same. That's I, so difficult
1: yeah. for the person getting married because then they're looking over on their wedding day and they can see yeah. someone in front of them who doesn't believe in the yeah, marriage. Yeah. Someone who's reading against them essentially.
2: That's really yeah, tough yeah.
1: as well. I yeah.
0: I feel like a demotion which I I'm surprised they were so innocent. I know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Get out so, of the I mean, wedding, get out is of the pretty church. Pretty lenient, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I know. I think it was a case of yeah, they've been friends for a long time and it was potentially repairable but after the wedding it hasn't been.
1: Again, if you're listening to this and you have time before the wedding, months before to bring this (laughs) up and you're determined to bring it up, do it now. Don't wait until the night before. Or forever hold your peace. No midnight confessions. Midnight confessions
2: are never the answer. And
1: not after four whiskeys. No.
2: (laughs) And it's more of a UK-US phenomenon of people objecting mid-ceremony. They don't, well, I don't think there's an opportunity to do it in Catholic ceremonies, but maybe um, in humanist or secular ceremonies I right? feel like it's more movie ceremonies than yeah. anywhere
0: else. I don't know how much in real life you get to that like actually does anyone have anything to say but I do think there there are people who get cold feet in the you know day or two before the wedding and that's when those things can sometimes come out very unhelpfully
2: yeah it tends to be more of a romantic gesture from a, a another love rather
1: than a, a friend just being it's like... a plot device really it's a Hollywood <laughs> yes. plot device and not really a thing that happens in real life as far as I can tell <laughs> If you're listening yeah, I, to this I, and you've yeah, if you're listening to this and you've encountered this, please let us know.
2: Yeah, send in the video. We want to see
1: it. <laughs> we want to see how that panned <laughs> out.
2: Well, thank you so much for chatting with us, Leah. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, Claire, this is such a tricky topic. But I think Leah had some really good points. Have you ever encountered this issue? I have, but it wasn't a point where my friend was really in any danger. I felt so. I did kind of keep very quiet about it when she asked me about her other half I would say things like well you know if he makes you feel that way then maybe it's not the right relationship but I never directly criticized him which I think is important that's kind of my rule with these things.
2: Yeah because you never know who you'll be sitting across from a
1: dinner party in 20 years time and they might be the godfather of your kids and you just don't know where it's gonna go. And let me tell you like it was five or six months after we had that conversation before the relationship actually ended so that would have been an awkward five or six months for me if he had known that i had kind of been really if, if he thought i'd been really forthright and said "Oh, uh, ditch him you know which <laughs> i i never did and i never would say you're a good friend selena i i like to think so thanks claire <laughs> one fab day listener dilemmas so here on the one fab day wedding podcast we love nothing more than helping you tackle your wedding planning dilemmas Head on and we have an amazing dilemma that I cannot wait to solve. Claire, read it out for us there. I hope we
2: can solve it. Okay, so this reader writes, this might seem like a silly question, but how do you pee in your wedding dress? I have a mermaid style wedding dress with buttons the whole way down the back and it's fitted below my knee. Will I have to take the whole thing off every time? You might. (laughs) You
1: might, yeah. I love this question because we get asked it all the time. So much so that we wrote a whole post about it based on different scenarios. Yes. In this girl's scenarios, I think she needs to recruit the help of a bridesmaid at the very least. Yes. So
2: I was bridesmaid for somebody with a similar dress and three of us accompanied her into the cubicle. And it, it, it happened. But she had to go front
1: ways. Uh, she to, to go to the bathroom front ways. Yes, like like a guy, like as in she was straddling the loo. Yes, that sounds messy, Claire. Um, I don't know. It, it worked You couldn't out. see whether it was working out or not because no, it was so much. No, I,
2: I think my shoes would have known <laughs> if it wasn't. <laughs> so, but, but there are different devices. I've seen a really good one on Buzzfeed with an IKEA bag where you step into it. You cut a hole in it. You put it on your shoulders. Yes, I have seen this. So yes. it kind of
1: acts like a little canoe for your dress. Yes. And keeps it up.
2: Yeah. And I've also, you can also buy a version of that, a professional version. But I think that's more for voluminous dresses as opposed to fitted ones. Um, I would also say get one of those button hooks. Um, yes. Because if crucial. you are, I mean, you should have one of those anyway if you have a lot of buttons in your dress. But particularly if you're going to be in and out of it several times in the day.
1: I would say the crucial point here as well is to appoint someone who's going to be with you your on the day. Your p partner. Your p partner. She might be your ma'am. She might be your bridesmaid. She might be three bridesmaids. But Probably make, shouldn't be your other half. I mean, keep some of the magic alive. Yeah. Uh, but whoever she is, make sure she's there. If if she can't be there for your last wedding dress fitting to be shown by a professional how to do things, then make sure you have a test run with her beforehand.
2: Yeah, and definitely think about it when you're in your dress at your fitting kind of have a wiggle around and, and work it out rather than waiting until the day when you need to pee
1: yeah do do that test run you'll thank us say hello to a new era of mental health care
2: cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100 percent online you'll experience the all-new cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify,
0: the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh,
2: sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof.
0: Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen, shopify.com slash listen.
1: Tell everybody that before the day is out, we shall have a wedding or a hanging. Either way, we ought to have a lot of fun, huh? Your non-wedding homework this week.
2: So before we go, we know that wedding planning can often take over your whole entire life if you let it. So we like to take your mind off it with a little recommendation. And Selena's got something for us this week.
1: So this is what I've been spending a whole lot of my time doing recently. It's reading cookbooks in bed. Now, hear no, me out, no, Claire. Hear me no. out. Okay, so. <laughs> Do you not what get hungry? N- no, okay. I'm not reading the recipes. I'm not like two sticks butter. So this is something I've never done before. I cook all the time. I have loads of recipe books. I actually have to confess, I've never read the bits in between. No one reads the bits in between. Well, you're all missing out then because the bits in between are glorious. And not only do they have like amazing, like practical cooking tips, but they also like really give you like an amazing context behind the food. So like my favorite cookbook at the minute is Every Grain of Rice by Fuchsia Dunlop. It's all about Chinese food. And I've learned so much from like her little three paragraph intros where she talks about like what region of China the recipe comes from and exactly when people eat this and how they eat it and what they serve it with. And also you'll find a lot at the start of cookbooks, they have whole sections where they do like meal planning, like what to have this with, what to serve with I this. will say Anna Jones has some good stuff on that in her cookbook. You
2: see, Claire? Yeah, but what about if it's Jamie Oliver in his 57th Italian book? I'm, I'm not buying any of that context.
1: Well, okay, so I have been very like strict with the cookbooks that I allow up to the bedroom. It's only the <laughs> best of the best. <laughs>
2: Who's allowed in your bedroom,
1: Selena? So, Nigella, obviously, obviously, who kind of originates the reading cookbooks in bed thing, she does that on her show a lot. She shows herself, like, reading the books. I hope you have some kind of vessel with some kind of caramel toffee situation beside it as <laughs> I well. do, always with a cup of tea and one that I've been loving recently, I was reading it last night in bed is Japan the Cookbook by Nancy Singleton Hashisu, which has like basically the whole history of Japanese food in it. It is fascinating. Okay, I'll try taking Cookbook to bed this week. Give it a go. The One Fab Date Wedding Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. We're with you every single week, giving you all the info and inspiration that you need to plan an amazing, gorgeous day. If you have any questions, you can drop us a line at hello at onefabday.com. And you can hit us
2: up on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at onefabday, And make sure you visit the website too, onefabday.com.
1: The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.